and we're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your, thank you for joining me today on Becca's World for another exciting episode of The Blind View. I'm your host, Blind Becca, and I have T.P. Lucas joining me today. Today, I want to, oh, T.P., did you want to say something? Yeah, good morning. Hello, everybody. Okay. So everybody, I heard something very, really disturbing this week, and I'm going to talk about this incident because it will segue into my main topic. And what I heard on the news, the local news this week, is that three Tempe police officers are on paid administrative leave for standing by and watching as a homeless man drowned to death. And you guys, when I heard that report, it tore my heart out. And for the for that homeless man who died like that and and for all of us if our police officers are that inhumane and and but it's not just our police officers you guys with all these school shootings going on we ourselves everybody is inhumane we need to turn this boat around um but tp do you want to talk about some of this stuff what are your feelings on this these things uh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I feel that um, we need to make it incredibly difficult, not just to get uh, firearms. I think we need to make it incredibly difficult to get ammunition as well. Um, um, it's just too easy to get and it's too easy to get uh, illegally. You know, if, if, if I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm No, no, I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm saying make it tougher to get to obtain, make 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 more loopholes to jump through, more hurdles to get over. So, so that would deter yeah. people from trying so, so hard to get them easily. How do you feel about the the idea of moving the legal age of purchasing firearms from the age of 18 to 21? Do you feel like that would make a huge impact? No, In I don't the, think it'll do no, nothing. I think it'll just calm some people down. And we're still going to, it's not going to change a thing, not a thing. I mean, th- I mean, drinking age is 21. Uh, you still got a lot of alcoholic 18 year olds out there. So right. um, it wouldn't change a thing. Now, how do you feel about uh, the idea of gun manufacturers being held responsible for mass shootings? Um, I, I, I feel that um, they should hold some type of responsibility but only on a certain level, like, um, you know, the, the fully automatic weapons, uh, you know what I'm saying? The manufacturers, there's no need to be making those if it's not mm-hmm. for military use. Uh, you don't need a fully automatic weapon or uh, anything in an urban environment for, for, for anything urban wise. So I, I feel that fully automatic weaponry need to be completely and totally banned unless it's for military use uh, for some type of warfare. There's no need to be able to do uh, 50 rounds a minute anywhere in any urban area. That that just don't make sense. Now, how do you feel about our right to own handguns for self-protection in our homes and and stuff like that? I feel that that's totally fair. As long as, you know, like I said, you don't need no, uh, you, you know, if, if, I mean, I'm not against long, right, long guns. I'm just against fully automatic ones, long and handguns. Like hunt, like um, hunting rifles. You're all right with hunting rifles, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm quite fine with hunting rifles and 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 and, mm-hmm. and buckshot. You know, stuff like that. But yes. uh, those fully automatic uh, weapons, 
with the armor-piercing bullets. See, if you get caught with that ammo, you should, you know, that, I mean, why do you need mm -hmm. armor-piercing bullets on the street? What, what's this about? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, why would the yep. manufacturer of this ammunition be, not be held responsible for the bullets that can kill cops through the vest or anybody through the vest? Okay. And I have another question for you, T.P. How do you feel about parents of young shooters like underage school shooters and like kids who shoot up other places how do you feel about the parents being held responsible for the actions of their kids if they take guns and misuse them well it, it depends now if, if the kids took the guns that belong to the parents and use them yeah the parents should be held somewhat responsible because it should have been locked away where a child couldn't get uh -huh. to them so yeah, uh -huh. that would that. But if 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 in the event that this is a young adult and they had their own weaponry, uh, the parents didn't have anything to do with that. Now, what if the parents made the gun accessible to the individual? Like my understanding is, this eighteen-year-old who did this most recent school shooting. My understanding is his parents gave him the gun as a gift, and so. So don't you think a p parents, if they give their children guns, they should be responsible? Like they, I think they should train their children on gun safety and and talk to their kids and make sure their kids are mentally sound enough to handle a gun. I don't feel like this kid was mentally sound enough to handle a gun. Absolutely. And I feel like his and parents should have understood that. But yeah, and if he had absolutely no training at all, and they bought the gun for mm -hmm. him, yes, they should mm -hmm. be held uh, partially accountable for it. Uh huh. Um, but, but taking away the gun rights of law-abiding citizens is not the answer. Um, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the answer. Now, look, right. you, okay, let's look at the, the average Joe, law-abiding citizen, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. He has a driver's license. He drives a car to work mm -hmm. every day, okay? Mm -hmm. Now he knows how to drive, probably been driving for years, but mm -hmm. he would get in a lot of trouble trying to operate a tractor trailer because he had to have a special license mm -hmm. to drive that. So if you're not properly licensed and you're not properly trained, then there should be some consequences and repercussions for, for, for not doing the proper protocol to have mm -hmm. ownership of a handgun or a rifle. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying yeah. uh, get rid of them or illegalize them. I'm not. No, that's just not okay. what I'm saying. So I'm saying has... make sure that the protocol changes so that they can stop falling into the hands of the bad. I mean, it's harder for a good person to get a, a, a armed a, a weapon right now than it is for a, a, a convicted felon because the under because of the underground. See, the weapons and the ammo okay. is just too easy well, accessible well... to the underground. Well, the, the thing is, the, 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 the criminals, they, they're used to breaking the law, so they'll go break the law and go buy a gun no matter what the law says. But the, the legal gun owners, they'll obey the law and, and you know, put their guns away, right? And, and right. disarm themselves. And so that's the big problem. If you're, if you're going to pass a law that's just going to disarm the legal gun owners, but the criminals are still going to be armed, that's, that's going to really cause problems. And that's honestly... I mean, look at all of the problems we're already having on our streets because of the degradation of our society that's been going on recently, right? I mean, we've got so much unrest on the streets. It's no wonder that we have more mass shootings and more school shootings going on. Um, like, I, I remember the first school shooting in my, in my lifetime, Columbine, like in the 90s, right? And it really shocked everybody. And then we kind of, like, 
I don't know, it seemed like they kind of tapered off because it kind of got them under control. But for some reason, the last several months, it's like the, the, the stress and tension in our society has grown in leaps and bounds. And it's because of the degradation of our society. People are hopeless and they feel helpless. And that's why they're acting out in these ways. And the only way to turn this around is for us to stop the degradation and and all of this crap that's going on that's destroying the hopes and dreams of our children. I believe that's why we see so many young people taking up arms and going and killing people because they're unhappy, they're disillusioned with, with, with the American dream that they were promised. I remember I was promised the American dream growing up, right? But in 89, when my all that shit happened, the American dream was like stripped from me, right? It, it was suddenly no longer in my grasp. And I had to fight for a lot of years to get it back, especially because I had people telling me that I would never get the American dream back, that I wasn't entitled to it, right? And right. and I really feel like all this shit that's gone on that's caused more as adults to feel so hopeless and, and so so like lost and and scared the last couple of years imagine what's done to our kids i don't think any of us should be surprised or shocked at the the increase in school shootings and all these massive gun th- incidents and stuff right, uh, right. But i think we really need to focus on better education of our students and like when i was i grew up in montana and minnesota right and up there like learning how to handle guns safely and responsibly was part of what we learned growing up from our parents, from our community, from our schools. Like my, my stepmother was a gun safety instructor and both my dad and stepdad were hunters and I grew up around guns. And, and it's okay to, for us to teach our children about guns and teach them to be responsible, teach them to respect guns and use them for things like hunting and sportsmanship, right? And for personal right. protection and not for all of this nonsense. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like I said, it's 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 it, that's a that's a debate that's gonna go both directions with a lot of strong points. But to to break it all down to uh, you know apples and oranges, nuts and bolts, it's 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 up to uh, the up upbringing of the individual, uh, the raising of the individual. Um, you know every whole family has somebody in it that's not right compared to the rest of the family. The problem is, is a lot of people won't identify that because, you know, oh, I love my cousin, I love my brother, my sister, whatever, and they won't mm-hmm. identify that this person has a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these people that are doing this, their family knew something, they were different about them long before they did anything, but, you know, it's like, hey, that's, that's my, my baby or, you know, that's that's my nephew or whatever that is. Well, and, and, and then this kid gets a gun and goes out there and do something stupid. Well, and that just goes back to being responsible parents like I was talking about, too. If we're going to give our kids access to guns, I think it's better that we have the guns in our gun cabinets, right? And if the child wants to use it to go shooting or something, then we get it out and we go with them, right, and participate. Right in the, the, the hobby of using firearms for sporting events, right? Like I said, for target practicing and, and shooting events and stuff like that, right? And occasionally hunting, right? Like hunting, we, we should be hunting with our teenagers anyway, right? We shouldn't let them go out there with a gun on their own where they can accidentally hurt themselves. It's important that we teach them. But right. but we need to teach but them But there's that no hunting, hunting in the inner city. Killing. 
the right. inner cities of Chicago, Los Angeles, mm -hmm. Detroit, New York, and anywhere else. We're here in Racine, Wisconsin, um, up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. These places, ain't no hunting in these inner cities. There's no animals roaming free that you what, what, that you can legally eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. But, but listen to this idea. What about all these movie stars, all these rich movie stars, these rich, rich movie stars who own ranch property in places like rural Montana, they could open up their ranch properties and invite like scores of kids from these inner cities to their ranches in the summers where they could, you know, help teach them about guns and riding horses and camping, how to build campfires, how to survive in the wild. And they could teach these kids about what I learned about as a child, what I don't know if you ever learned about any of that stuff, TV, but I did. Uh, people who grew up in Minnesota and Montana, that's what we learn about. And I feel like that's why I have a, I feel like I have a better understanding of what my country stands for and, and what our values are and what's really important because of the way I was raised. And like I said, mo most people up in that way, Minnesota, Montana, North Dakota, I probably South Dakota, Idaho as well, we all pretty much were raised that way. And, and I really don't understand why some of the stuff I, I find out about people in these big cities, some of the notions they have. Like, like I grew up understanding that, that I could do anything I wanted to. I just had to find a way, right? Even after I went blind, I believed that. And, but these kids, these kids are growing up today, and I see this in my own children. My children are millennials, right? And, and it baffles me that they have all of these tools and these opportunities available to them and they're just sitting on their asses. Like when I was a kid, I was so driven to succeed. And, and that's how I overcame all that crap that had started when I was 12 years old was because I was driven to succeed and overcome. But I was driven even before all that shit happened when I was 12 years old. And it seemed to me back then like everybody I was growing up around was driven. Like everybody I knew when they graduated from high school, they had plans. They were going on to college or they were going into business or they were going to go travel or they were moving somewhere else in the country and they had plans to do great stuff, right? That's the community I grew up in. And it was just a little rural farming community community in North Central Montana. But I believe that there are communities all over this country where for decades now, millions and billions of Americans have been graduated with the same dreams, with the same thoughts, with the same ideas, and with the same good intentions towards their fellow man. And I think we all need to get back on the same page. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, the best way to, um, to slow down uh, a lot of the violence, be it gun or otherwise, is by providing something for everyone to do. Uh, in urban congested areas, there's not enough jobs. If we can find something for people to do and, 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 and pay them for doing it, uh, people will be too busy working and too tired mm -hmm. from working to be stressed about uh, uh, what they're going to do or what they're going to take or how they're going to treat somebody. Um, badly, because that I mean, it's these poverty-stricken areas that are hit the hardest with the violence and the crime. Well, the rural areas that... aren't so much, not so much. I mean, yeah, since hip hop uh, made a a, a a mass impact on on the, uh, on American culture, um, yeah, it, it, you know, you got some people out in, in the rural areas, but verbatim, um, uh, it's it's fractions uh, compared to the inner city. 
you know. Um, and like well, I said, uh, if, if if they decided to, um, you know, like if, if if the consequences were stricter for not being proper, not having a proper paperwork, proper licensing, and mm-hmm. proper training for having a gun, then I would be really satisfied with that because. Knowing that you picking up a pistol and you leaving the house with an unregistered pistol, you have no training paperwork, and you have no uh, legal uh, right to have it. If you know that you get caught with that gun, just even if it ain't loaded, if you get caught with it, that's ten years. Watch how many people won't want to have guns around them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's what that's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm not saying get rid of the guns. I'm saying get rid of the leniency uh, 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 against those who aren't obeying the rules. I think, I think if we just make the living situation of the people in the inner cities better, there'll be less of that crazy nonsense going on. Like opportunity zones. I'm using the word opportunity zones because that's what President Trump used, but I'm talking about the same idea in everywhere, right? Like, because President Trump invested, I don't know how much of our dollars in those opportunity zones when he was president that really helped the lower lower and like lower class i don't like the lower income people here in america right like like things were turning around for every every uh what is it called every um it's right on the tip of my tongue every graph not graphic I, i i i can't think of the right word but every piece of our society like the disabled African-Americans, gays, women, everybody. I have friends in all these different categories, right? And all of them were succeeding because of, of the, the, the things that President Trump put in place to, to stop uh, regulations and to, to make funds available to, to African-Americans and disabled people and women to, to do things like start jobs, go to college, They'll put their dreams into action, right? And right. I, I don't know, I don't know why President Biden couldn't do the same thing. Why is he not investing in, in, in education for the inner cities and investing in, in like, a, like how much money is there? Why isn't there like a, a fund of loan, like business loans, being made available to uh, these inner cities? Like I don't know how many. I mean, they're always. Put, giving billions and trillions of our tax dollars to other countries and for all this other stupid shit. Why don't we put a few trillion towards towards business loans in these inner cities so these these African-American men and women and teenagers who have hopes and dreams can go get a business loan and actually pursue their dreams instead of having to rely on things like selling drugs and stuff like that to make ends meet. So they have a hand up instead of a hand out. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, and, and I think we need to make better educational opportunities available to the inner city. I think we, they need better education in, through, through high school graduation. And, and we need to make more college loans and university loans available to inner cities. Be, because listen to me, as a member of a minority, I know, I know the power that I have inside myself to overcome because I've had to fight a lot to overcome. And, and the, my African-American friends that I know, they seem to have a lot of the same drive in them. So if we invest in these minority communities, but we also need to invest in, in everybody, right? Because we all have the same potential. But, but I just really feel like, like this is the answer. But we can't just throw money at it. We need to 
do it right. President Trump is doing it right in a lot of ways. For decades and decades, our, our politicians have been throwing trillions and trillions of our tax dollars down the toilet for all this bogus stuff, all these social programs that have only increased you know, the, the, the numbers of people living on public assistance. And can you guys hear me? Hello? Oh, shoot. I think I lost you guys. I can't hear you. I think no, I we can hear you. My... Okay, can you can you guys still hear me? I... Hello? Okay, I can't hear you guys anymore. I heard Gino for a moment. Becca, okay. we can hear you, but something happened with TP. He got muted somehow. Okay. Okay, so can I continue talking? I'm just going to continue talking, Gino. Um, so let me know if you're not hearing me. I hear you now. Okay, great. So, and TP, you can hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. So as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, we really need to, to get our heads out of the gutter and, and turn this boat around and start investing in what really matters. I'm telling you, that's when my life started turning around was when I finally got control of my assets and I started investing in myself and in my future and in my plans because I knew what my abilities were and I knew what my plans and my dreams were. And I have been able to accomplish so much. So merely giving some funds making funds available to these communities. Think about all of the great stuff that could happen. Like America used to be a place where there was so much innovation going on and so much, so many new things being built and new, new wonderful things being created, right? And, and it can be that way again. Like I, I've been creating for a long time. I've been creating wonderful, great things. And, and I have many more things I'm going to be creating. And, I, and I'm applying brain injured woman. And I really, it confounds me why so many people that I see around me who are totally capable, why they're just sitting around saying there's no hope because I can't find a job or there's no hope because I can't do anything. But, but like, like guys, there was a time when I, people told me I had no hope and I couldn't do anything. And I believed that very briefly, but then I thought, shit, I can't live my life like this because that won't be living. So I decided to figure out what I could do. And I've been writing books for several years now. I'm making a movie. I'm doing my YouTube channel. I'm speaking out about the things that I know and the things that I'm concerned about. And, and maybe this isn't, doesn't seem like much to you, but it's actually a great deal of stuff that I'm working on. And it is really important. And, and if you're going to laugh at me and say, oh, what are your book sale numbers, right? Then I challenge you, what are you doing to make the world a better place? What are you doing to make this country a better place? What are you doing to make your local community a better place? And what are you doing to help your fellow Americans? Because I'm doing everything I can. I hear you. I'm doing everything I can too. Um, I've been doing it for years in this community. I have yet to get started there because, you know, I got ran over and all of that. But um, I got a lot of plans going on. And in this community, I'm well known for um, teaching kids how to record records, write songs. And I, I had my own recording studio when I lived here. And so, you know, I helped out a whole lot. Um, a lot of people here can, can tell you, had they not come through my recording studio and sat and chopped it up with me, they probably would have went to jail. Uh, they probably would have gone to jail or wouldn't have gone to jail? They probably would have gone to jail. Okay. Just take that to Wiley? Yeah, you know what to do. Right. I was just teasing you, TP. It was just kind of <laughs> hard. If, if, if you said would or wouldn't, I just wanted to clarify.
Um, are you there, TP? I don't hear you. I had to meet you, meet you for, yeah, uh, my mom said Becca is her middle name. Oh, Hi. no, Becca is my first name. Hello, TP's mom. She What's said hello, mom. Name, <laughs> Leola. Leola. Hi, say Leola. Hi? Nice to meet you. Nice She's to meet you, blind Leola. Too, but this is the color of That's Becca's okay. I'm world just blind waving view. At you. Just waving at you. You can see that. I'm uh, blind, too. I can't see this damn broke-ass world. <laughs> Uh -huh. ahead, How are you, Leola? Uh, she just she's sending me downstairs, and that's gonna to to give you know you got to go get my sister's medicine. And, How is uh, your sister? She's uh, still in transition and stuff like that, but to keep her comfortable, um, uh, it's uh, morphine and stuff. He's got to go pick it up, and I'm supposed to take him the papers down there, and I'm like, uh, okay. But I can't go far. I can't get past this. I can't get away from this Wi-Fi. If I do, then my connection is not going to be good. Okay. Well, well, TP, I talked about what I want to talk about. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, like comedy or whatever, and then we can wrap up the show. Okay. Okay. No Gina, problem. Let's take a quick commercial break. Hey, everybody! I wanted to share with you the great news that you can now get all three of my books on digital download, Audible, or Amazon print on demand, or on Audible. You can get my first book, Because You're Blind, which is the story of how I woke up in 1989 at the age of 12 years old, totally blind, severely brain injured, severely brain injured and paralyzed on the left side of my body, and overcame that and a lot of other stuff. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective is the story of how I overcame a lot of trauma that I was feeling the day I walked out of court on January 25th, 2012, after escaping from that illegal guardianship I was locked under for 15 years in the state of Montana. And then you can also get my latest book, Metamorphosis, which is my first fiction book. In this book, there are six short stories each of them about a different blind character that overcomes a lot of obstacles in her life. And it kind of ties into my own experiences, but I teach a lot in this book about how I overcame everything that I've overcome. And so I really encourage my readers to check it out. And I've gone out of my way to make all three of my books accessible to everybody. So please check them out. And if you could do me the favor of going up to Amazon and writing a review, I would really appreciate it. Um, and you can email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com if you want to get more information. Something's going and on now, with that video. back to the it's show. Crazy. It's frozen. Hey, TV, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so so Gino played the commercial. That's why you, it was frozen for a few, uh, couple minutes. Um, oh, okay. TB, did you listen to the Audible of Metamorphosis yet? Uh, I started it, but since I've been with my sister, I've been really, you know, I'm not into much, but you know, oh yeah, supportive for mom, and you know what I'm saying. The stuff that goes mm -hmm. that you that families have to go through at times like this. And, and with that being said, I'd like for all your prayer warriors here to just drop a little prayer um, for for my little sister Carol Chavez. Um, and, and, and just, you know, ask the good Lord to uh, uh, keep his loving arms wrapped around her is all I'm asking. Lord, please bless and protect Carrie Chavez. Lord, take away her pain. Lord, 
Lord, heal her body, Jesus, and bless her family as they walk through this with her, Lord. Jesus, please love your daughter, Kara, and, and just bless her right now, Lord. Let her feel your arms of love wrapped around her, and let Tipi and his mother also feel your arms of love wrapped around them as you comfort them during this time, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are you there, Tipi? Tipi? Hello? He's having some issues. It's freezing up. Okay, could you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. What happened? I I don't know, TP. I was talking to you, and but did yeah, you hear I heard what I every, said. Yeah, I did. Thank you very much for such a powerful prayer. The devil's busy. That's why he froze up our screens. Don't worry about it. I oh, heard you. Yeah, and I felt yeah. you. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're a prayer warrior, please hold hold Kara up in your prayers today, okay? And and yes. her mother and TP as well, because. Kara's going through a lot. And like I was, there was a time when I was knocking on death's door too. And I believe Teepee was as well. We can both tell you that God works miracles. And absolutely. And absolutely. it's never too late for Kara. Oh, so, Carol. Carol. C A R O. Oh, Carol? Okay, yes. Carol. Carol yeah. Chavez. Yes, that's correct. Okay, great. So, um, and other than that, only thing I have on my schedule is next month on the 23rd, I'll be in Jacksonville, Florida at the Ritz Theater. Uh, along with E-Realist, Craig Chapman, and a host of other hilarious people. So if you guys are in the Jacksonville area watching the show, come and see me live. It's a great time, and you'll never forget it. Okay, and do you, is there a website they can go to to get details? Sure. Um, all you got to do is, is go to Facebook. And uh, uh, my page, the page on Facebook is hot, the hottest comedy shows in the U.S. Hottest comedy shows in the U.S. And all the hottest comedy shows in this country are on that page. Yeah, and TP, I know I ask you that every week, but it's important that you mention it every week because some of our viewers have never seen the show. And, right, and, and thank you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to remind our viewers that you can go up to my YouTube channel, Becca's World, or my my website, which is bluebutterflyenterprises.com. And you can go to the store link on there and purchase any one of my three books in all of the formats that they're available in, which is they're available to anybody. And you can also purchase any of Becca's World memorabilia up there. And but we'll be going to the convention in uh, Louisiana in July. And I believe TP is going to try to make it too, aren't you, TP? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it everything I got because I don't want to miss it. This is a great chance for me, me to uh, link up with some really good people. And I, I just gonna, I, I'm doing everything I can to make sure I'm there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, if you're a blind American, if you have not yet been to a National Federation of the Blind Convention, or if you haven't connected with them on, on a membership level or anything, like when I joined, I joined the NFB in 2014, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I went blind in 1989. And so there were a lot of years when my life was very difficult and I was running into roadblocks everywhere I turned to try to, to try to do anything in my life. And it was only after I found the NFB and ran into their, ran to join them when I heard their, their slogans, because it was exactly what my heart had been searching for. You know, when I it was, when I joined them that I started, stuff turned around for me and I started becoming independent and, and make, you know, stuff started happening for me. And, and I started thinking more independently and, and stuff like that, because it's really about how you think that's really 
it's really your brain is all that's holding you back in this world. I don't care what your abilities or disabilities are. It's your brain that's holding you back from achieving whatever you want to achieve. You just Ooh, need to baby, change your you thinking. You sure said it. Oh yeah. You that's sure right. said it. That's me. that right there is a thousand percent correct, and I mm-hmm. I, I I I approve that message. Yeah, and you're 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 listening to you're talking to a woman who's overcome a lot and a man who's overcome a lot, and so we know we're talking about. That's right. Um, and so please go up to Becca's World and check out our memorabilia. And if you're going to be at the NFB convention in Louisiana in July, please look Gino and me up. Okay, we'll both be there. We'll have our own rooms, but we'll we'll be at the banquet as well and at the hotel throughout the week. And we're going to be doing interviews. And I think we might have some, I don't know, we'll do lots of fun stuff. Um, Anyway, please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. That's a wrap. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel. You still on there?